Testing. Testing one, two, three. We are back for another episode. What's up, buddy? What's up? What's up? New name in the house. What? 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 What are you talking about? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. We changed our name, our podcast name. Really? Tell me all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Guy acts like he doesn't know. We are now officially no longer Lifelong Fitness Podcast. Say what? Straight up. We are now officially the Look Look Good, good, Feel feel Good good podcast, podcast, baby. I think that has such a better ring to it. I mean, I feel proud to announce that. It just rolls off the tongue a lot better. What do you think? Dude, I love it. You're on board? Because I kind of threw that curveball at you real quick. Well, I wasn't ready for the name change. I wasn't ready for the name change, although uh, Look Good, Feel Good is what we represent it's what we've been talking about uh in our lectures in our in our staff trainings where we're like dude we are getting people to feel better no question it's the first response that they get i feel better my clothes feel great but we're saying personally we were saying that if we didn't make drastic changes in how they looked that you would be crazy to keep doing this type of program six to nine months later. And if they did, they stayed, and I've said this on the podcast multiple times, they stay for for the community, but not the results because they're not getting physiological changes in body composition. And so it, uh, I love it, dude. I love it. I think that lifelong fitness just didn't meet, you know, really the two most important parts of what we're trying to sell here. Yeah, no, I'm a huge believer in self-confidence coming you know, uh, becoming more stronger in someone when they're happy with what they see in the mirror, right? So, you know, look good, feel good. It's why people, you know, uh, they sign up for our gym. They commit to a healthy lifestyle. It's because they want to look good and feel good. And ultimately, you know, that leads to lifelong fitness, right? Like we're not, uh, I still stand for what lifelong fitness stands for. We're just saying, our new name uh, has more of a catchiness to it because it provides a protocol that Lifelong Fitness didn't. It was just this kind of hierarchy. But like, okay, everyone, everyone's not going to deny they need Lifelong Fitness. But to say, how do we get there? We're saying that we're going to get you there by uh, uh, providing an opportunity for you to look better and feel better. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. So what we got today, right? Uh, you know, we're bringing some fire today, you know, based on competition, any type of competition. More specifically, we want to deliver some value, you know, primarily to people that are leading up to what might be their first competition as one part. And, you know, part B, you know, people that kind of compete regularly, you know, we're just trying to, you know, give value to our listeners based on what they can do to ultimately set up themselves for success. Yeah, I mean, this is inspired, obviously, if you're in our community, uh, the 2019 CrossFit Games Open is starting. It's a worldwide online qualifier. Uh, There's a predicted about a half a million people to register online this year. Uh, Although uh, the way that people uh, make it to the games is slightly different than it has been in years past, this open qualifier at the top 001%, 50 male and female under 35, and then 18 other divisions, uh, they qualify directly to the CrossFit Games, which we would consider the Olympics of the CrossFit community. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of my tips are kind of directed to what you can do in preparation for game day, so to speak, 
and then what you can do for actually you know that clock hits you know zero to start and that clock's running what can you do to really succeed during competition right so i'll go ahead and kick us off i think the first one you know eat sleep hydrate leading up to competition right um you know i always say that the fuel for a car in terms for fitness and health is quality food for our bodies, right? So you got to be A1 on your your nutrition. Yeah, and when we talk about nutrition, uh, you know, for me, one of the first rookie mistakes that is obvious is somebody who's uh, drastically changing what they eat uh, the day of, days before, uh, trying to get an edge. And as great of an idea as that sounds, it's... uh, ultimately disastrous, meaning you don't know how your food's going to respond that close to competition. You've never had that food before competition, and all of a sudden you start taking it. Uh, So basically what you're saying is you can't go out of your norm, right? You can't try new things, get fancy with some, you know, crazy recipe for performance that you saw on social media, right? You got to stick to what you know and what has been working for you as of recent. Or out of convenience. I mean, I remember a, a CrossFit competition, one of the first that I, I ever did. And listen, I've been an athlete way before CrossFit. Uh, but this one time, uh, you know, we had traveled to Tennessee, went to a really nice hotel, hadn't planned to eat the hotel food. I actually brought my own food, right? Trying to practice what I preach. But I woke up so tired that I didn't want to cook that food in, inside the hotel that I went downstairs and I had their food, I had their eggs and their baking and all that. And I vividly remember not feeling well in the middle of the first event. Uh, And it wasn't soon after the event that I threw it all up. And that had never, ever, ever happened to me before. But it was, again, a reminder, even for someone like myself who's competed as long as I have, that you just can't do that even if it is convenient. I'll be the first one to tell you, having to prep your food and do all that stuff the night before, eating the same foods over and over uh, during prep week because you know it works. I'm not saying it's fun and exciting uh, or convenient, but you got to stick to what works, like you said. Yeah, no, at the end of the day, you can't, you know, I think a, a common theme will be you can't get too far out of your realm and try something new, switch something up and, you know, something you're not too familiar with, you don't know enough about that could have a negative reaction. The other one that uh, to me is a rookie mistake is when an athlete starts taking supplements for the wrong reasons. Like pre-workout. Pre-workout. I've never had pre-workout. I don't even drink coffee. I'm very sensitive caffeine. Let me go ahead and try some pre-workout before the first open event. How's that sound? And they wonder why in the middle of the workout they they uh, can feel their chest beating. Yeah, they're, they're throbbing, their heart's about to beat through their chest. They're nauseous, they're dizzy, and like, what did you do? Uh, I some, tried this new pre-workout. Oh my God, it's the worst thing you wanna hear from a coach when, when, a, when a dude's on his back and he, he's so nauseous he can't sit up, and you're like, I wish you would've told me that, you know, because, you know, again, in theory, it sounds like a great idea. I perform like this without the supplement, what if I took the supplement? But it is a really bad idea. I mean, uh, one of the uh, articles I referenced earlier in the week that one, the scientists had, uh, had measured caffeine elevation to beats per minute, and it, uh, it significantly reduced uh, an athlete's heart rate uh, with overconsumption of caffeine and, uh, and had a direct correlation between uh, low performance versus those who didn't have the caffeine. 
So, uh, again, I'm not saying caffeine doesn't work. I'm a big caffeine Yeah, I was drinker. about to say, you're a big believer in caffeine-enhancing performance. Yeah, I'm not, not saying not to have the caffeine. I'm saying don't touch supplements uh, that soon out uh, that you've never experienced before a competition. Yeah, that you don't have the awareness on how it's going to react to your body, how you're going to react to taking something like that. Is sketch, dude, for sure. Um, let's see what else we have. Uh, so game day for me, one of the things that I like to say is get sweaty before you really get sweaty. Yeah, nice little warm up. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, you know, you want to feel uh, a warm up should make you feel like you're 18 years old again. That's I love telling my masters that because it's like when you've done a proper warm up then went into general, then move into specific. It should have taken you about a half an hour. And in that half an hour, you feel so much better than if you just would have come in too hard, too fast and started the event. And uh, again, it's not convenient. You got to take extra time out of your day to warm up. Half the warm up stuff is very rudimentary and basic and low intensity. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. What we're saying is how do we encourage athletes to perform at their best when it's time to perform at their best? And for me, it's about even getting ahead, even like walking around the building 10 minutes before you come into the gym has a much better influence on your training than if you got up in the morning, went straight into your car and showed up right before the event starts. You are going to struggle, my friend. Yeah, from you know a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint, I feel like the warm up is just as good mentally as it is for you physically. You know, not only are you raising your heart rate, you're starting to sweat a little bit, you're priming your joints for training, an intense training session, but you're also getting dialed in mentally. You might have those little minor butterflies that it feels like on game day, you know, and you're kind of getting your mind right and almost coming up with a strategy. You're doing some good constructive self-talk, you know, so a good warm up can be just as beneficial mentally as it can physically. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mind, body, soul. That's what a good warm up is going to do. When I try to identify how do I get them moving physically, uh, I put them into three parameters. One, it's a warm-up. You're literally warming up the core temperature. So if you don't literally feel your body getting warm or hot or the physical evidence is sweat, you, you haven't got into that phase or done enough movement to really warm up. Two is elevation of heart rate. That's why basic movements like rowing, jogging, jump roping, airdyne, ski erg is going to uh, elevate their heart rate uh, and and allow them to uh, you know, be part of the warm-up process. And then three, the most important, regardless of what you're doing, uh, go through all the joints of the body. Go through the major joints, whether it's basic movement, wh whether it's PVC, something, kettlebell, light kettlebell. Go through the entire range of motion for the sake of going through the entire range of motion. And then keep it dynamic, right? Uh, you know, the more I get into my you know, fitness career, the more I realize that you know, you're better off moving for five minutes consistently, you know, starting to sweat, raise the body temperature, moving dynamically, then spending all this time doing this fancy mobility and flexibility work at a dead standstill, right? That That's, you know, my opinion. Um, but I feel like, you know, primarily the first priority should be to raise the body temperature. And then that can kind of go along with your other points. But I think you're better off making your money there than doing a static stretch, staying cold. Yeah, I mean, you know, how I look at the template is everything I do before, uh, in our case, 3, 2, 1, go, is preparatory, absolutely preparatory. And if those that mo if you can't specifically say how that has a direct effect to you performing better in that workout, then it's probably uh, 
probably done incorrectly, like you said, like uh, me sitting in a lunge for 10 minutes or sitting in an air squat for 10 minutes does not prime me for full activity. Yeah, right? no, they say, it, you know, odd, uh, object in motion tends to stay, stay in, motion. in motion. Object in rest tends stay to stay at rest. rest. You know, you're not, you're not prepping for a full-on hour-long yoga routine, right? You're prepping to train high intensely, and uh, the best way to do that is get that body moving. Yeah, and with that said, I mean, for us, it's not just about getting, you know, to us, the recovery is just in part is, uh, you know, the competition in itself. That moment we call time is a moment we're thinking about how do I cool down the system? How do I get this thing loose again? That's when we can start thinking about passive work, like sitting into stretches longer or passive mobility work where uh, I like to call it lazy man stretches, feet on the wall into a split, a lacrosse ball in the low back where I really don't have to do a lot of work. I think a lot of people don't like stretching because, uh, you know, there's a lot of balance work and a lot of complexity involved. They're making it, like you said, harder than it really needs to be. Yeah, you got to kind of find something that you can, you know, add into your routine that, it, that feels good at the end of the day. That feels good. But, you know, kind of to backtrack a little bit. So we went over the warm up. Now, you know, what are some key takeaways we can give to our listeners when that clock starts? Right. And it's officially on, you know, the, the clock started. We're competing. You know, one of my big ones is don't make it, you know, out to be bigger than it is. Right. If you can kind of look at that competition, that game day as part of your practice, part of your training and try to correlate the two that, you know, you recognize you are prepared, you put in the preparation, you've been working towards this day, right? It's not something you're not ready for. So, you know, just the fact that it's at a different setting or whatnot, some people tend to get overly anxious, you know, but at the end of the day, I would highly encourage you just to, hey, tell yourself, give yourself some constructive self-talk that you have prepped for this, right? You are ready for this, breathe, and just treat it like you're training. That's really good, and it, it um, it's normal to have a slight anxiousness, to have a slight nervousness. No doubt. When, when a prospect comes in here and they say that, that allows me to help to help them understand them more, which is like they're actually thinking this through. This is not someone who just walked across the plaza Clueless. and saw our gym and says, hey, what is that you're doing? They don't have a clue. And likewise, when people come in and a lot of them are going to have those feelings this weekend, man, I'm really nervous. And I'm like, that's awesome. You should. We say all the time. You should feel that way because otherwise you really don't care about it or you haven't thought long about what you're about to go through. And the same thing is with every sport. What we're saying is that at some moment, you have done all that you can do. And there's nothing more that you can do to train when I say three, two, one, go. And it's in that moment that you have to remind yourself that you can only control the things within your control. I don't know what the workout's gonna be tonight. I don't know or get to pick what schedule I get to play in football season. I don't get to uh, decide how they get to practice. Uh, you don't know what your competition is going to do on game day. A hundred percent. And so we recognize, we separate these in two categories, things I can control. One of them, you're talking about mindset, positive self-talk, getting here early for warm-up. These are the things I can control. And everything else, you, you, you have to literally believe it doesn't exist. You have to let Beca go. Because when you do, then for some reason you begin to think that you did have control over that. You have this idea that you're mad that a certain workout didn't come, and so you call it stupid. Or that a team won fair and square, but you have some excuse why it was the referee's fault. And ultimately, they just don't get 
that there are only certain things you can control and we have to consider that all the time uh it's not a once i believe that it's it's there forever it's something that you always are fighting through even in the in the position of battle um it, it's a humbling feeling but you have to do that or you will never make it through that performance anxiety of having to do this over and over and over again like most athletes. Yeah, you can't leave your possibility of success and competition up to a external source, right? It's up to you. If you kind of take ownership for everything you got going on, everything you're going to do, everything you've done, you know, prepping for that, then when the clock starts, you just give it all you got, right? Take a deep breath. You know, uh, that's going to be my huge one on, on competing in the CrossFit Open. Just breathe during the workout, yeah. right? Just breathe. Don't freak out. Don't look around, you know, what the person next to you is doing. Don't get anxious. Just breathe, and uh, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the other thing is that what's ironic with this competition is they've done these workouts, if not harder workouts. But once we step it up to a level of energy that they're not used to, it changes the entire landscape. And uh, they have to just uh, find that moment within themselves as if nothing exists. And you do. I mean, we have judges and stuff like that. And I can't remember a lot of things and many of the open workouts of outside things that were going on when I was doing the workout because I had that complete and utter focus that I was going to dominate this workout. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we could talk about how certain athletes should dominate certain workouts and what they think they consider. I, you know, we talk about how important film was in football and, and in our sport, it, the, it's the strategy. It's, it's coming into an just thinking the same thing, real, strategy. a realistic approach of your current skill set and how you're going to attack the workout based on your strengths and weaknesses, given the workout that you had. At the end of the day, if, you know, Saturday comes around and we're, we're competing and we walk down the lines of heats and we go ahead and ask one of our athletes, Hey, what do you, What's your strategy for this? We should get an answer every damn time, right? Immediately. We should not get one of those, uh, I'm not sure, right? No, from the day they release the workout to the day that clock starts for you to complete the workout, you should be coming up with a strategy based on what you know you're good at, what you know is a weakness, and combine the two and do what will definitely lead up to being successful. Yeah, and ultimately when you're a beginner at this type of program, or any type of program, you don't know how to strategize because you don't know the rules to the game. So we understand that that it's a little bit harder for beginners because they haven't have enough experience with the movements multiple times to know what they can or can't do and how many times and at what weight and how fast. I get it. That's the beauty of uh, you know our program that it. it takes uh, a very long time to feel like you're getting really good at everything that we're trying to give them. With that said, you still have- So we are for, right? Ask us. 100%. And that's why we're gonna always ask that, hey, how are you gonna attack this workout today? What if those that rep scheme or that strategy doesn't come? What, what are you gonna do? I call it having, the strategy to me is the workout within the, wor within the workout, is what it is. Mm -hmm. It's you are devising a mini workout within this big picture workout that they've given you. And that mini workout has to keep, con constantly be altered and flexible. And that's what I tell people. Like today's workout was 10 box jumps, 10 snatches, 300 meter run. Some people going in high, like fiery fast, go 10, 10, 300 fast three-minute rest that we gave him still not enough mm -hmm. and the next two sets become drastically worse because they over they didn't they under strategized 
uh, and, and that's what happened to them. And the problem with that type of athlete is there's not enough consistency within those three sets to actually get legitimate improvement. What they did is they destroyed their heart and soul for one set, and they survived at subpar technique at subpar speed, and they didn't uh, they didn't get the full picture. The opposite is somebody over strategizing. Over strategizing. Yeah, it's no, like, I've had. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, that on the other end of the spectrum, it's when athletes, you know, f- they have all this energy at the end of the workout, right? And they are almost looking for something extra to do because they didn't obviously, you know, they took their time or they didn't pick an appropriate load. You know, they kind of took a step back and took it easy going into the workout over strategizing. Yep. And I'm not saying that this never even happens to me where I over strategize or under strategize. I'm saying consistently for sure, but consistently I plan as needed. But there are moments, I mean, listen, we are self-generating uniquely original workouts every single day, one month and year. There's no possible way that you can completely and perfectly strategize every single workout we give you because you. this is the first time that you've ever do it. But if you and the last four times I saw you either over strategized or under strategized, there's a problem. And so what we're looking for are indicators like that to be able to get ahead of the conversation with the athlete. That can happen as well today. That happened as well today where the individual athlete performed a little mini workout after the workout. And I, you know, directly but lovingly said, like, dude, you uh, something didn't go right in that workout because you shouldn't want to do anything else. And thank God I had a member next to me confirming like like he's on his back. He's like, dude, you're crazy. I don't even know how you're doing that over there. And. Uh, you know, there's goal and intention for all these workouts, and we, like the mad scientists, have to look at, like, okay, this movement is backed by this movement. What's How is that going to affect my grip? And that's all these little things uh, that our program utilizes. But if it's not you watching film or, for me, it's modeling the best of the best, Brett. Strategizing, for me, like, the, the – Strategy is just a natural uh, is a natural skill set that the best athletes in the world have because there's no ego involved. They do what they have to do based on a very, very high accurate uh, uh, understanding of their skill. And so we look to me at the best athletes in the world doing our program. And I look how they train. I look how they break up certain numbers and at what weights. And I start messing with that. And I'm like, man, I didn't think I could do 10, but homeboy was doing 15 when I watched him do this workout, and now I can do that. And so I'm trying to model them, right? But and then, you know, next time he does this other movement 20 times and I get five and I'm blown up, I'm like, hey, there's something that I need to work on there because I'm so far off. Yeah, and then you can just adjust accordingly. You can come up with a strategy and you do one set and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to hit that number. Just adjust, keep doing, you know, one thing at a time. Stay consistent and you'll finish it. And uh, at the end of the day, I think the the biggest takeaway here is just to have fun, right? At the end of the day, you're doing it. You're making a choice, right? You're making a choice to compete and, uh, you know, have fun doing it. Have fun doing it. You know, um, that's really the bottom line. Well, and, and what makes this, and I've said why I think CrossFit is one of the most ingenious programs in the world, is that we could have sold CrossFit one-on-one. Personal training CrossFit is the only thing we offer. But we understood that within uh, that group atmosphere, we could provide more fun and high energy that you can that you would never, 
ever be able to replicate on a one-on-one -on -one setting. And so when, uh, you know, 43 people officially registered for this event, this competition. Let's go, baby. That's Many awesome. of them is their first time, which is, you know, one of the things that propelled this conversation. And a lot of them were, I would say, about half of them, Brett, were, were uh they had signed up because somebody else had encouraged them to sign up, not out of their first inclination. And so for me, two are always better than one. It's why we hold accountability partners. It's why uh, we have the group classes so that they can en encourage e each other. Uh, but like, even like to create my own CrossFit event out of my garage, it, I, I couldn't have much fun with that. It's like having everything in the world that I wanted and nobody else on, on earth exists. It doesn't. It, it would be meaningless. And so having fun with people that you like, and th that's what I love out of these competitions. We built our best friendships out of competition because uh, we had fun doing something that we love doing. And um, I hope that we create those same memories this year in this event um, because uh, it's some of the favorite times for me uh, throughout the year. Yeah, no, I think we mentioned it on a previous podcast. You know, the biggest connections and the biggest growth in relationships come from suffering together, right? And that's what we're going to do. When we compete, we leave it all out on the floor. We're suffering together, you know, even though it might be friendly competition within ourselves. At the end of the day, we're a team, right? We're saddling up to go to war and suffer together. Yeah, man. I'm su super, super excited uh, for the next weeks to come. Our goal is to continue to inspire not just current members, but people looking uh, to look good and feel good, man. And I'm really excited the direction that we're taking. I'm excited about the energy that we have of our facility. I'm excited about the skill set of our coaches. I'm excited about the podcast. Um, uh, man, I'm, uh, it's Life a good is time. good, baby. Life is good, man. Life is good. Keep tuning in. We will catch you week after week after week. And uh, it'll be good. Good time. Appreciate you guys. See you.